0: important light is. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But in these recordings, I know that it looks like I'm in a dark area, but I've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lights in here. And most of the lights are 100 watt light bulbs. And uh, still, I need one more up there to make it a little bit better. So bear with us as we try our best in this technological challenge, and then you out there that are on the YouTube channel also, I've had a lot of problems lately with uh, with YouTube and with my connections and everything with Google and whatever. We need your prayers to get the site going before I can upload it again, upload to it. Now let's go and look at something here for a few minutes. What is a Baptist? A Baptist is. Now, this book was written by W.A. Gerald, and I've shown it to you before. It, uh, it was published by the author in Dallas, Texas, in 1894. And he had a lot of sources back then. That's, You know, that's a long time ago. That's way over a hundred years ago. And he had a lot of sources then that we don't have today. I have sources, because I'm so old, that other people don't have today. <clears throat> I have one book up there that's written in 1700 and uh, I think it's 1706. I have another set of books in 1770-something uh, up there. These books are falling apart, but I still use them. I have uh, printings of some of these, the Wall's History of Infant Baptism, I have a photocopy of that now. I had the original one, and it burned up, but I have a photocopy still. A lot of the sources that we have in history today are just evaporating. But as I read and I teach you some of the things here, we're going to go back to a uh, and one of the next few lessons that I'm going to do on church history, and I mean, we quitted 130, but I but I just felt like I could go on a little bit further and study a little deeper than ever before, and we're going to go into a book that's written in 1658. It's a photocopy now and we're gonna read that. Now it's, everything before 1800 is in Old English so it's not printed like modern English is and and the verbs and the nouns and everything are spelled differently than they are. Now let's go back to 30 essential elements of a real Baptist church or a real New Testament church. Dr. Gerald said here to summarize, some of these are, he called them the Baptist fruits. Baptists have been truer to the great truths of Christianity than any other church. I think that's a fact. Baptism is baptism. It's not sprinkling, it's not pouring. Up there we have rontizo, we have nepto, and we have baptizo. Baptizo means to inert, merse. If the Bible wanted you to be sprinkled upon, it would use the word rontizo in Greek, and it would use the word nepto for pouring. But the Bible says, immerse. So the Baptists have been truer to the great truths of Christianity than any other church. Baptist principles have kept and keep the monument of death and the resurrection, the burial and baptism before the world ever since Christ walked on this earth. Way back over here in 30 AD, Jesus Christ called out his church but from the seashores of Galilee This chart behind me here shows the history of that church and I may go back behind it and just go down through here one of these days and just give you a little summary of that also. Number three, of all the leading denominations, Baptists are the only church which has kept and keeps before the world the blood before the water, Christ in possession before Christ in profession, and are the only church which has consequently ever been and are the great bulwark against baptismal regeneration. Baptismal regeneration is an anti-Christ doctrine. You can do nothing to be saved, nor to keep saved. It's through Christ only. You're baptized because you are saved, not to get saved. Number four, of all the leading denomination, Baptists are the only church that has never believed nor does believe that baptism is any part of any condition of salvation to either an infant or an adult. Consequently, they have never been, they have ever been tinged by the doctrine of infant damnation, which has colored infant baptism throughout history. In other words, Baptists are accused of damning all little children to death. To eternal death because they are not baptized. But what it says, really, what we say really is that babies don't need to be baptized. They're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ until they come to the age of accountability, all of them. As Dr. Philip Schaff, the leading American church historian, even though he's a Presbyterian, says the Baptists and Quakers were the first Christian communities which detached salvation from ecclesiastical ordinances and taught that salvation of unbapted, unbaptized infants and unbaptized but believing adults. If you're, You don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. Simple as that. Number five, <clears throat> of all the great religious bodies, Baptists are the only church which has always taught and teaches there can be no proxy Christianity by infant baptism. Proxy-Christianity means you're believing for somebody else. You have godmothers and godfathers when you baptize babies. Godfathers and godmothers are unscriptural and unnecessary. But that salvation, its conditions and requirements are strictly personal matter between only God and the individual soul. Among all the great, number six, among all the great denominations, Baptists are consequently the only church which has always stood and stands for a professedly regenerate or spiritual church. People, now let me explain this a little bit, that are professedly regenerate and spiritual church. If you're a Roman Catholic, if you're a Methodist, etc., 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 You're baptized by proxy, and I don't care what kind of life you live, you're a member of that Methodist church or Catholic church. Baptists teach that their church members are regenerated. They are regenerate. They are born again. (coughs) That they live differently than the lost world. It's as simple as that. I think that'll make me quick coughing there. A little drink of water. <clears throat> Number seven. Among all denominations, Baptists are the only churches which contend and have ever contended for the excluding from their church fellowship all known non-spiritual persons. They don't believe. They don't practice Christianity. <coughs> Many Methodists don't practice Christianity. Many Catholics don't practice Christianity. Basically, they practice almost the opposite, but they're covered according to them. Number eight, so far as only a spiritual church is the doctrine and practice of leading denomination, it is due to the standing Baptist testimony. If anybody else ever practices that, it's because Baptists have done. On the personal Baptists, uncommising war on unherited and unregenerate church membership. When we go into the next thing, we're gonna see some unregenerate Catholics, some absolute heathens in action. Number nine, of all the leading denominations which have not been originated within the present century, Baptists are the only churches which have never been united with the state and which have never persecuted any other group of believers. Baptists are the only group in denominations which have never aligned themselves with the state. the state church. they've never been a state church nor part of a state church, and they've never persecuted any other Christians for being Christians, of any sort denomination, not even not even what we might call cults. Number ten, <clears throat> Baptist churches is the only churches which have, during the Christian era and until the present century, contended for a separation of church and state for absolute liberty of conscience. Baptists will have died for you to become an atheist if you want to, or anything else. They believe in religious liberty, Period. you wouldn't have freedom of religion in America today, and you would not have a state without the state church or a church without state church if it wasn't for Baptists in America today. Number 10, or number 11 that is, by their principles of liberality and of freedom of conscience and every Christian being a priest to God and Christian ruler, Baptists have given the United States the religious freedom this they have done at the cost of their property, of their good name, their liberty, and their lives. This, too, in the face of not only Romish, but Protestant, pedo-Baptist, union of church and state, and of persecution, as Hallman, Halliman, a secular historian of Protestant, pedo says persecution is the deadly original sin of the reformed churches. Persecution is the deadly original sin of the reformed churches, that which cools every honest man's zeal for their cause in proportion as his reading becomes extensive. Every denomination at some time has persecuted even Mormons, if you want to call that cult a denomination. (coughs) Dr. Leonard Bacon, a Peter Baptist, in the genesis of of New England churches, remarked, the Baptist, it has been claimed for these churches that from the Reformation they have been always foremost and always consistent in maintaining the doctrine of religious liberty and let me not not be understood as calling in question their right to so great an honor. They are the only ones that have stood always for religious liberty. Number 12, Guizot in his history of civilization shows that the despotical and oppressive civil governments of Europe originated from the government of the Romish Church. So, Gavinius, Philip Schaff, and other historians have shown that the free church, the free church government, principles of Baptists, have extended themselves throughout the United States and even into the world. They've given the laws to this continent, and at the bottom of all democratic movements, now shaking the nations of Europe. Baptists have been at the bottom of all of it. Number 13, Rhode Island. The very first absolutely free government of the Christian era was a Baptist government in Rhode Island, in the colonies. Dr. John Clark helped found out Roger Williams began in the the beginning. They always say Roger Williams, they'll say was a founder of the Baptist church in America, but Roger Williams was only a member of a so-called Baptist church for four months. That's it. Then he went off. He really didn't found anything. Number 14, a Baptist originated the marginal references in, in our English Bible by John Cain in 1673. A Baptist, Loyalty, true with scripture, naturally led to the meeting of the necessity of these references. In your Bible, where it says over there, baptized, and over there in the, in the column, it says immersion. That's from Baptist, didn't come from anybody else, nobody else, only Baptist. The Baptists tried to stand for the correction of the King James Bible, the inherencies of that, intentional errors of the King James Bible because the King James Bible was literally a very biased Bible for the Church of England, against Baptists and against, against Catholics, both. Baptists died when the King James Version came out because they, they denounced it as unsound translation, and now so many of you Baptists out there are holding on to that like it's inspired of God. Know what history says. Know your history. Don't be an idiot, illiterate historian. Number 15, the first public free school from which has originated the excellent free school system of the United States was conceived and originated by Dr. John Clark, the one that started basically one of the first Baptist churches in America in 1638. Dr. John Clark, a Baptist preacher in Rhode Island in 1675. Number 16, while Romish, the Episcopal and the Methodist and the Methodist was not then separated from the Episcopal but was a party to it, churches were almost solidly with Great Britain against the American colonists in their struggle of independence and Baptists were the foremost promoters of its glorious revolution and the name of but one Baptist is given who was a Tory. In other words, against standing for England. Number 17, Bible societies were originated by Baptist Joseph Hughes being the prime mover of the British and Foreign Bible Society. This was a natural reserve that the Baptist preeminent loved love to all the teaching of the Bible and loyalty to all of its commands from the original languages. Number 18, the first church was organized in what then was called Northwest Territory, was in Columbia, but now Cincinnati, which was Baptist Church. This was 1790. The originator of what is called Modern Missions was William Carey, a Baptist. By the way, he became a Baptist going to the mission field this was in 1792 the General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church of Scotland by a large majority put on record in 1796 the following resolution and says the Zion's advocate that <clears throat> to spread the knowledge of the gospel among the barbarous and heathen nations seems highly prosperous insofar as it in task base based may even reverses the order of nature in other words let those heathens go to hell God made them heathens. But Baptists reached the heathen. As we have seen in the previous chapter, no Baptist church or general Baptist meeting ever tarnished its fair name by such a resolution. Number 20. In other words, they damned the nations, the heathen nations, because they said God created them heathen, and that's the way he wanted them to stay. You're you're overturning his... uh, sovereign will. Number twenty, the Baptists have near twice more converts in Christ in heathen lands than any of the other leading denominations. That too, when others have taken many of them into their church and only as nominal Christians. In other words, they baptize and say you're a Christian. And yet they practice the old or heathen practices. Number twenty-three, Baptist foreign missions cost less than one-fourth of the money that those leading Protestants Baptists do. The International Uniform Sunday School lesson service was originated by a Baptist B.F. Jacobs, and this is a natural result of preeminent Baptist love for Bible study and Bible obedience. Number 25 now, the world's greatest preacher since the Reformation was Dr. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. The purer the gospel, the greater the preacher. Number 26 now, the first organized society for the much-needed revision of the King James Version of the Bible was the American Bible Union, a Baptist society. This was the natural result of the Baptist love and loyalty to the, to the true meaning of the scriptures from the original languages. Out of the American Baptist union, agitation, and work originated. The Episcopal organization resulting in the Revised Standard Version of 1881. Baptists, pay attention, would you? Baptists, pay attention. The reason why you have a Revised Standard Version was because they stood against the the inerrancy and the error of the King James Bible. Baptismal regeneration is taught in that translation. Baptism by sprinkling, basically, because they hid it what it was. And they revised it in 1881 on which was employed the European and American representative scholars. The revisions of the American Bible Union and its successors are incapable value to the world, or incalculable value to the world. Number 28 now, the only Bible society which ever existed for the translation of every word the translation of every word from the original language from the Greek and the Hebrew. Of the Bible into the English, according to the world's unsectarian scholarship, was the American Bible Union, a Baptist Bible Society, and this is measurably succeeded by the American Baptist Publication Society. Number 29, by their Bible translation enterprises, Baptists have proved themselves the only leading denomination that has thoroughly rejected the Romish doctrine of keeping the Bible out of the language of the people. And in rendering every doctrinal, practical word that they have wherever and whenever they have made a translation of the Bible, not shunned to declare all the counsel of of the word of God. That's why I teach the Bible from Greek and Hebrew in so many of my classes so you know what it says. That's the inspired Bible, people. The translations are not simple as that. And many translations are very, very, what we call biased to the society that translated them. Number 30. In the language of the New York Tribune, the Baptists have solved the great problem. They combine the most resolute conviction the most stubborn belief in their own special doctrines with the most admirable tolerance of faith of other Christians. We preach the word, but we tolerate the others. The others won't tolerate you. Before the Evangelical Alliance of Chicago, but a little while before his death, Dr. Schaaf, the great Presbyterian church historian said, The Baptist is a glorious church. For she bore and still bears testimony to the primitive mode of baptism, the purity of the congregation, the separation of church and state, the liberty of conscience, and has given the world the pilgrim's progress of Bunyan and such preachers as Robert Hall and Charles H. Spurgeon and such missionaries as Judson and all the others out there. Looking over Baptist roots, you see the Baptist standing alone for the most important practical principles. The doctrines of their abandonment of compromise of these principles—they say the world, Christian world, to say these are non-essentials. What is non-essential? The mode of baptism, church membership, the Lord's supper—these are all non-essential. Well, do it the way you want to know, do it the way you want to, you know, whatever condition you're in, whatever, just do it that way. And this doctrine can but work disaster to the world, to the Christians of other churches, to themselves, and great dishonor to our precious Christ. The Baptist fruits attest Baptist as the only true successors of Christ and of his apostles, and are there being the true witnesses from the apostolic Eighth to now, actually from the seashores of Galilee till now. Now the liberty of the Eighth presents an open field for Baptists to push forward the Great New Testament. The fight of the faith is to keep the Word of God before people from the original languages and from what it says. A lot of people don't want to study Greek and Hebrew because you don't want to be confused by the facts. Study the Greek and Hebrew, study your Bible. Dr. John Broadus, John A. Brodus, a long time ago. The father-in-law of A.T. Robertson, by the way, most of A.T. Robertson's were reworks of John A. Brothers. John A. Brodus, in his preparation, delivery of sermons and learning to preach says, a preacher is not Worthy of the honor to stand in the pulpit of a church that will not look up the original scriptures from the original language and make sure what he's preaching is sound doctrine from any translation. Father, we send this message out. For your honor and glory people in the world today don't know what they believe, why they believe it, or anything else. I just pray that these help clear up the fog and the mud. The truth is there. The truth is always there through your word, Father. Please use it as it goes out throughout the world. Please forgive me where I fail you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.